Welcome to the latest episode of Disaster Art, recorded on Monday the 4th of March. Right at the beginning of the show, I said that this probably wouldn't be a particularly long one. It was just me, uh, Ryan and P-Dubs. Craig joins us later on. It might be a little bit longer than you expect. Enjoy! Mouse, mini mouse, living in a clubhouse, space melting, thunder melting, test track in a cop. It's a small world, they say, portal links, can I stay? Monorail, transportation, travel way up high. Terror of terror, please, not guardians of the galaxy. Epcot has a snow queen and living with the land. Dizzy Pass, Blizzard Beach, have lunch in the coral reef. Seven Dwarf, Mine Train, there is nothing left to say. We're gonna start this podcast. There are others out there, but we really don't care. Dears After Dark's the podcast. We're all from the UK, we hope that it's okay. What is Goofy, Dog or Cow, Pluto is, Mickey's Pal, Captain Jack, Peter Pan, going off to Never. Hello and welcome to another edition, the first episode of uh, Marky March of Diz After Dark. Um, yeah, I'm going to call it that, I don't care. Um, this week we are joined by Mr. P. Dalesford Washington. Hello. And uh, the MVP, uh, in my opinion, of appearances so far this year, Ryan. Hello there. How are you, are you both doing, gents? Good, good, good. Very good, very good. How about yourself? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, I don't have anything more prepared for that. I wasn't expecting anyone to ask how I was, so <laughs> we don't usually. I'm that's fine. Why. Yeah, <laughs> no one asks about me. I think I've become so um, so used to being lonely recently because we've been having my, uh, a bathroom done at home, and it's meant that uh, my wife and children have um, have had to move out while the work's being done because it's. Uh, stinky and uh you oh, can't use the yeah. bathroom and all that kind of stuff so i see them fleetingly like around school pickups and stuff like that um i saw a bit of the weekend but i've been pretty much on my own for like the last two and a bit weeks so what, what, are, you, what are you doing then just like tinkling and bottles and out the window and things pretty much no I, the they the, it's the, the toilet's been working for, for about 90 percent of the okay. work going on yeah, yeah, yeah. so there have been a few times because i didn't want to disturb you know obviously it's my house if i want to use the loo i can just go and ask and say can everyone get out so i can use the loo but um i've actually gone into town a few times now just to use the, the very clean toilets in the shopping center for you know not just to stop to let them continue on with the work but also they've got dyson air blades oh yeah you can't go wrong and i don't have a dyson air blade um, in this new bathroom or the previous one so therefore a bit of luxury on the hands you know um so that but that work is finishing this week so i'm looking forward to getting back to a little bit of normality and um, seeing the family again well that as well i suppose a little, little bit yeah yeah just 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 a tad just a tad um but yeah we've got uh i'd like to say we've got a fairly packed show but we haven't um, because there's not been much going on. So uh, this could be a very short show or it might be, you know, an hour plus. Who knows? I'm on it. I talk a lot. So who knows? Um, but we're going to start the show as we do each and every week. And I'm just going to quickly go around and ask, what is everybody drinking? So I'm going to come to you first, Ryan. I'm drinking um, Hogarden Rose straight from the tap. Oh, he's such a show off. 
I know, I have to mention it every time. Ryan and his fancy home beer tap. That does sound amazing, though. It's, it's very good. It's probably not what I was just drinking. Uh, P-Dubs, what about yourself? Uh, I'm absolutely knackered because I've just done a 24-hour trip to Disneyland Paris. Um, I've got a chamomile tea in my new Walt Disney Studios Starbucks mug. Ah, so you've now got both the, the mugs. Very good. Yes. Very good. Um, I'm currently not drinking anything because just before recording started, I just finished a can of Monster. It's never a good idea to have uh, eight o'clock on a Monday, but I was <laughs> lagging a little bit. So I like, was drinking one on a live stream at 10 o'clock the other night. <laughs> yeah. To, to be honest, like, I don't go to bed before about one o'clock anyway, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to affect me too much in terms of uh, sleep pattern. Um, but anyway, let's crack on with um, the the show as it is, and uh, we'll start off as uh, we tend to do now with a little bit of news from the parks. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. So I'd say there's not been a huge amount of stuff going on uh, recently. Um, The only thing which I didn't even know about this until recently, and that is that they've launched a new dance show at Animal Kingdom. Has anyone seen this? I, 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 now that you've said it, it rings a bell, but I can't for the life of me. Is it like the Bollywood one? Or am I just yeah. making that up? Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a Bollywood show in the Asia area of the park. And it just debuted this past weekend. But I knew nothing of it until like a day or two before that this was even a thing. So ha- had I missed something or was this just not announced? I didn't see any official announcement from it. Um, and then I saw a few, I, I, I saw it by chance on Twitter. I saw someone's video. I can't for the life of me remember who it was, but someone just caught a, a short video clip of it. And it, you know, it looks pretty cool. It's perfectly fitting with that area of the, of the park. And to be honest, it's nice. If Disney didn't formally announce it, I guess it would be nice for them to do their first performance to, to guests rather than 48 theme park bloggers with their phones and faces. That is very true. That is very true. Um, I've got to say, like, I think the costumes look great. Yeah. Um, you know, Bollywood isn't known for being very bland in its colour schemes, but, you know, there's kind of like fuchsia pinks and golds and, and blues. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it look, what I've seen of it, I've only seen like a few short clips, but it looks like, you know, a nice break from the norm in the parks. As long as it's better than the Upbird show. We'll be all right. I've not, sure. I've not seen the Upbird show yet, so I can't comment. Can't possibly. Uh, you know, we we didn't even bother going to see it in, in October when we were over there. We just um, 
we never were that interested in the the bird show before and we heard that the script have to put up had to be rewritten several times because it was so bad I, I watched a youtube video of it and it's just it looks terrible they've just they seem to have removed half of the interesting parts uh, of the show which was actually seeing birds and most of it's um just featuring up characters not really doing much well i mean that's always been i mean i love up as a film but that's always been its biggest weakness is that your lead characters are a you know fairly overweight boy scout who who is still a child and a very elderly old man yeah they're not the most active of characters so no, then, you really don't, then you don't actually include the only bird from the film. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's not, it's not even there. Well, I mean, I wonder if that's because they hadn't got the costume ready in time. <sighs> or, you know, the, the puppet ready, you know, whatever you want to you refer it's to. It's a puppet. <laughs> There's one that will uh, go straight over the about 90% of our audience. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... I'm trying to think if I saw the bird show. I think I must have seen the bird show when I was at last over there before it was up, obviously. But I've got absolutely no memories of it, which I think says a lot. I've never sat down and watched it. I've seen the birds fly overhead when they've oh, been you, in the middle of the show. You've seen the show then, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's about as exciting as it gets, is it? It really is, honestly. I mean, oh. there's only so much excitement you can get from seeing birds fly above you and then sitting down and listening to about three facts on the bird before they move on to another bird. It's like the animal actors at Universal Studios, isn't it? Oh, exactly, yeah. It's here's even a worse dog than that. That, Here's a dog that kind of looks like the dog that was in Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch him run around for 30 seconds. Why It's exactly like that. Oh, God. I don't think he's alike. I like animals, but yeah... I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose there's only so much they can do, but yeah, I'd rather just walk around a zoo or something. But anyway, back to the Bollywood dancer. So, uh, you know, I think it's good. I think it obviously fits in well with the area, and I think that's quite key because obviously it's a well themed area, but there's nothing at the same time that really screams out Asia, I don't think. At least no. in modern Asia, anyway. No, it's nice to see them introduce new bits and pieces like this, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's now started. Um, I don't know how long it's going on for. They don't normally give um, dates for these things, so I'm assuming it'll be around for quite a while. So, if you're in Animal Kingdom, around that area, uh, go and check it out. Um, Ryan, I'm going to mm. come to you next because... There, I suppose the only thing that's really been going of, on of late has been around uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, so di- last week Disney released um, a load of new information, or you know, some of it was new, some of it was regurgitated information about Galaxy's Edge, and they seemed to, they they reported on it really weirdly. So you had like a, a tiny smidge of information on the Disney Parks website, then there was some more detail on D twenty three. Then StarWars.com, uh, and the wording that StarWars.com used was um, absolutely brilliant. So they said um, StarWars.com was invited to a special preview of Star Wars Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Like, like Disney is so bad now, they're just treating them all as completely separate entities. Like, what? Like, how do you not know about it? It's like, we just heard about this new land that they're working on. 
Is StarWars.com the modern day PL Travis? <laughs> it's like, what's going on? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, they released quite a lot of information last week across yeah. the various platforms. So we've seen uniforms. Seen uniforms, which, I mean, unless you were, um, unless you were maybe born and bred in Florida, you're going to struggle in, in the summer. Absolutely. Um, except for the guy who, for some reason, cosplayed as uh, Raiden from the Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, yeah. I that's, saw a few people photoshopping that last week. That that that's a weird one. That that is a, a weird one. Um, I don't I don't get that um, that costume choice really. The, in a way, the costumes kind of reminded me a little bit of Star Tours. Yeah, which I suppose in that far fetched. But yeah. you know, um, like the um, the information video on the way into Star Tours, and you're speaking to the yeah. person there, and that, yeah, it yeah. just. And I suppose, like, I mean, there's no reason why it shouldn't be because it's the same universe, the same world. But even yeah, so, but they belong in the '80s. Those costumes in the first place. But it will, you know, it is set in a galaxy, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So maybe just that like is... Nick's hairdo. Oh, here it comes. I knew this was going to be a mistake. This I can't why... sleep. She's this kicked is... me out of bed. <laughs> so you just thought you'd, you'd invade a podcast record instead? Yeah. But why not? Uh, we're talking Can't galaxies. we just cook him, kick him out as well? <laughs> uh, we could, but I mean, I, I do, I mean, you know, Craig's my brother <laughs> from another lover. So uh, we, I suppose we've got to go on holiday with him, so we don't really have a choice, do we? This, this, yeah, Ryan's got the escape with that one. Yeah. But... I but, love Ryan. Although saying that Ryan's got to go on holiday with me, so it's I love Ryan. Swings around the bells. I love Ryan. Oh, those tweets are starting to scare me, mate. I'll be honest. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, if you do, by the way, uh, just a small tangent. If you don't know what that means, that conversation means, um, go and listen to fellow After Dark Podcast Network show. The customer is weird. Uh, the latest episode is about saving Mister Banks. And you'll hear in quite graphic detail exactly what Ryan was referring to. Um, but back to Galaxy's Edge and the costumes. So we saw those. And I mean, I, I suppose the thing is, like, everyone gets really excited when there's this new land opening up about what it's all going to look like and everything like that. But I, I, I just felt a little underwhelmed with the outfits, if, I, if I'm honest. I just, I just found it strange that they had to have a cast member event to unveil some bits of clothing well, i suppose they've got to wear them god just let them try them on in the <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> Some don't need to do a whole fucking event for it the cast members at the back are like uh so is it too late to input into this because i'm going to sweat a lot well look you know with this and the gondolas you know i think 2019 is disney's year for making everybody sweat yeah it's clearly yeah. what it's about the gondola situation is hilarious. Do you want to bought a load of the Oh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as presented by Axe. Yeah. <laughs> other other deodorant brands, of course, available because we don't get Axe in this country. We get Lynx. Um, I mean, a slight tangent on the gondolas, though. Mm. Uh, last week, I was involved in a, in a little heated discussion on, on Twitter because somebody said... Um, I can't believe that they're planning on running these gondolas in 15 to 20 mile per hour winds. They're really unsafe. Uh, to which my response was, yes, you do know where these systems usually operate, don't you? 
in the wind and snow. <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. The, you know, that's that's normally what you get on the side of a mountain. And then they said, but they're putting us at risk. We could be falling thousands of feet to our death. <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, thousands of feet? I'm not sure you quite understand how feet work. Wow. Tens of feet. I mean, yes. I mean, how big do they think this gondola system is? <laughs> I know. I, that's incredible. Um, so we saw the costumes, and I, I think we're all a little bit underwhelmed. Um, did anyone saw the food as well? I was going to say, yeah. Did, did, did you see the food? Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, some of the stuff looks really cool. I, I do think that the blue milk and green milk looks like it belongs in, in, in Star Wars. Obviously, it does. I think they've missed a trick on the way they present the drinks. I think they could they could be presenting them in, in cups that maybe don't look like they're brand spanking new because, if I'm not mistaken, a galaxy far, far away is supposed to be this kind of, like, battered, like, alternate future kind of thing. And also... Um, Badu or Baidu, wherever we are. Um, Batu, yeah. Batu. It, it, it's kind of like on the outer rim, isn't it? So I, I wouldn't expect to be getting um, drinks in exquisite looking glasses, but there we go. But I think the, the blue and green milk looks pretty cool. I'm excited to try it. But then the actual food, the main options, um, they're just, it's like, oh, it's taco that you've badged as some, you know, alien bollocks when actually meat can go into any mold that you put it in really just look at sausages and you you could you could maybe make it look a little bit like an alien that sabalba might eat um you know not every dish because not everyone's going to want to see that why have they got porgs on the stick well there you go craig (laughs) oh god what a cry oh those poor porgs just because they do it doesn't mean that we should have it um what will the wookies eat Exactly. Mm, that's true. But then saying that, like, that's not actually in the same galaxy, is it? That's on, uh, I can't remember what that island was called. Craggy Island, obviously. Um, <laughs> Craggle Rock. <laughs> Craggle Rock. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I know what you mean. I think the problem is we get spoiled when we see the food, especially coming out of Asia, the Asian parks. And how innovative and unusual some of those options are. Unlike Paris. Well, yeah, exactly. With I mean, the walrus, well, with the walrus biscuit. Let's not, yeah, let's not, let's <laughs> not, let's not kind of downplay that Yoda cookie. That's true. That's so no longer stuff. has a face. Yeah, well, they were right in doing that. It looked, it looked like it had seen some things. But they're still advertising <laughs> it with a face. They're not going to change their advertising, are they? That's that's money. Come on. Yeah, that's 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 at least uh, ten euros worth of posters they've got to replace. That's a twenty p printout from from the the printer that they can't justify the cost. No, no, they've got budgets, you know. Um, but the worst what... thing for me about is the milk, right? Is we we know where it comes from now. That is very true, and I don't really want to drink that. But hang I'm, on. Even, I'm even more game if I'm honest. To be, yeah, but to be honest, like, why why would you not be? If you think about it, because that's that's how we get milk yeah. in our galaxy. You might not think yeah. it comes from a cow's, you know, tit, really, but it does. <laughs> it's, he said tit on a podcast. <laughs> cow's tit, that's what it is. <laughs> um, I do think that the alcoholic options look amazing, though, I have to say. 
Like there was there was a, a picture with some of those lined up, and they look really good. They look fantastic. It's dry ice and it's it's little balls, these little ball things. That are... <laughs> Craig likes balls in his mouth. Oh, honestly, <laughs> within, within a one-minute stretch of this episode, we've had tips and balls. Let's not, talk about, let's not talk about sausage. Well, actually, well speaking <laughs> of sausage. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the thing is, like, it just feels a little, again, a little bit uninspired. I just think... They could really take a leaf out of those, uh, you know, the food offerings in the Asian parks and just make something a little bit different. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, just... I'm a little bit disappointed by it. Yeah, yeah, I think the food does look quite inspiring, but the drinks are cool. I have, I have to say. The thing is, though, if you watch uh, the Star Wars movies, the food on there is is not particularly special. One of them, he, uh, Darth Vader, floats a pear. With Padme and cuts it off in his in, in floating. We did not uh, talk about those those scenes, okay? I don't know what film you're talking about, to be honest. That, where they run away together film? on they run away together on a planet, and uh, where the the rolling and he rides on the rhinoceros things. I'm pretty sure I've only read about that in books. I'm sure they haven't made a film about that. No, they literally have. Uh, stop pretending they didn't happen. I I like them. <laughs> Look, if okay. I if I pretend hard enough, maybe it no. will happen. But then in the original Star Wars films, what does does fruit baskets and everything? You yeah. know, Hans, uh, Luke Skywalker in his little thing that he lives in does does bowls of fruit and everything. Right, so, I know, but you you've been to Disney World and you know how hot they are on fruit. They're not very hot on fruit. These, from what my understanding, a lot of this is a vegetarian based um, menu, so you should be all over it, mate. Yeah, so the blue and green milk are, are, are both vegetarian-based by the looks of things. Um, so yeah, plant-based. Yeah. It's from plant-based dairy, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. You know? That's well, that's that's forward thinking. I mean, yeah, and I think that's cool. Like, I don't. Hopefully, people aren't going to kick off. I mean, I'm not necessarily against drinking a cold glass of milk with some blue dye in it on a on a hot summer's day, but I can understand why they haven't used actual milk. But I'm not against drinking that. I mean, I think it sounds great. And and who cares what's in it? It's blue milk from Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it did come from a cow's sit, I'd probably drink it. Just to say that I've had it. Um, <laughs> God knows where butterbeer comes from. Um, but no, that's, that, that's good. Like, I, I think they need to try and be a little bit more inclusive. So I think I mean, that's a step yeah. in the right direction. I think, I think the problem is, so you've got a menu item here. It's called... Ronto Roasters Ronto Wrap, which sounds like oh that's that sounds that sounds quite Star Wars. And it's like it's a it's, tortilla. It's a tortilla filled with grilled sausage and roasted pork. Ooh, steady on. <laughs> yeah, but of course it is. You've got to think, right, when the Skipper Canteen was launched, that had an out there menu and the American palate just can't handle it. They waddle in, they kick off because they haven't got a burger or they haven't got chicken nuggets. So and it's not cost effective to have all this extravagant, yeah. wonderful yeah. food. You've got to pick the common denominator. You're completely right, and that's the reason that they've done it. I just think it's a shame not to have maybe one or two items that are a bit out there, considering it's, it's Star Wars. I think they should have done it the other way around. I think they should have made all this food that's really out there and unusual and really unique to that whole area. And one of the menu items was chicken nuggets. Because you know, Jar 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 Nugs, <laughs> Jar Jar's Nugs. 
<laughs> oh, because... we castrated Jar Jar. Oh, that would be everyone's dream. But, but... Many Gungans died in the making of these nugs. <laughs> but get, get these while, nugs. While the kids are eating his bollocks, you can eat his leg. There you go. No, but like that, I get the need for needing to put some um, more traditional fare on the menu. But I just don't think giving it a Star Wars name and say like serving the same stuff you can get elsewhere in the park is is ideal either. No, you know, I agree. The reason for, that people go to these plate look if they didn't do anything, so even if they didn't do Jar Jar's nugs, right? Um, if they just did all this kind of Atlantic sausage food, people would at least try it once. Yeah, out of the curiosity, exactly. Yeah. So I think they've played it too safe, and I think. They, they should have pushed it further. But, you know, we've seen changes happen before after stuff's open. So, you know, there's still hope, Obi-Wan. But, I think yeah. there, there's, there are there are still some positives to what was revealed last week. So I think a few from me are the fact that you've got a barbecue that's going to be taking place on, like, an old pod racer engine. I think there's, there's nice. things like that that I'm going to think that's really cool when I actually see it in person. Uh, the animatronic of... Um, uh, what's his face? Hondo looks amazing. Now, this is somebody from the Clone Wars. Uh, he, yeah, he first appeared in the Clone Wars. He's also been in Star Wars Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now, he's, a mean, great, he's a good character. That animatronic is 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 fabulous. Yeah, you know, yeah, it it really is, and I'm looking forward to seeing because from what they've been talking about, there there's possibly characters that we will know from the films. That have been done as animatronics as well. Yeah, so the other one they've confirmed are Lothcats, which yeah. appeared in Star Wars Rebels. So it's going to be quite a Rebels... Uh, it's going to be quite a lot of Rebels-themed stuff there. I think it's nice to have little nods to some of the other shows, which, to be fair, Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars are amazing TV shows. Um, everyone, so it's nice to see little nods. Everyone tells me that, and I need to... I don't know why... Well, actually, I know why I didn't get into Rebels, because at the time... Sorry, not Rebels. Um, the Clone Wars. Because when the Clone Wars was on, if I remember rightly, in the UK, they used to only show it at first on Sky Movies. Yeah. So I just never had access to it. So yeah. I let it kind of pass me by. And then when Rebels started, I did actually start watching Rebels, and I quite enjoyed it. But uh, people kept saying to me that there were quite a few nods to the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, a lot, yeah. So I thought I, think, I should watch that then first. I think the Clone Wars is the better show, in my opinion. But also, so they'll all be on Disney Plus when that comes because the new series, the final series of Clone Wars, is is in development for Disney Plus. I think they're all actually now on Disney Life in the UK. Oh, are they? I think yeah, so. they are. Yeah, it's so it's worth the five pounds a month just for that alone. I keep trying to watch them, but ultimately, you're still watching kids' cartoons, aren't you? You can't look at it like that. Oh, well, I, mean, I know, can, I know, but... and it's yeah. all canon. It's all relevant. Yeah. yeah, you know. So if you are a true Star Wars fan, uh, you've got to try and knuckle down. Also, there's an audio book that I've just sent you um, that I bought last summer, I think, which is set in this land. Oh, so nice. It, so it it does paint. It gives it some meat on the on the bones. For me, the biggest letdown of all this Star Wars um, development and expansion and building work is it's a galaxy far, far away, 
and you've got Disney parks all over the world, and they're all getting the exact same land. Yeah, I said this on a, on um, a theme park trailer show a few weeks ago. Like they're building three Star Wars lands, right? California, Disneyland, Paris, and Florida. Why is not one of them from each set in a different Star Wars era? Like I don't understand. Like that would be perfect because the Clone Wars era, although there may be a case some people might think the movies aren't great, but actually the era itself is really cool. Yeah, and they've just for me they just missed a trick. And not even eras, but just planets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, uh, I've said it before as well that this is a, a real major cost cutting. Is they're just literally producing the same thing over and over again for any park, mm. and it's to save money. They're doing and it with Marvel. Yeah, they don't need to save money. They're the biggest freaking no. thing on the planet. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? This Star Wars is going to be a massive success. So Animal Kingdom could get the Wookiee planet as an expansion. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because she could Animal Kingdom. Yeah, let's bulldoze Pandora. It's, it's done for. <laughs> well, well anything, do you know, anything could work. You know, Epcot could get a Death Star in the middle of it. It's better than that freaking golf ball anyway. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You said I mean, that to the wrong person. Don't make me start an Epcot round at two shows in a row. <laughs> but you, again, you know what I mean? With a little no, bit of imagination. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they could pull off a mate they've got a whole galaxy a whole universe to play with do you know what i mean they've and they're not they're just cost cutting they're well, being cheap well if you think about it like although you know you you're right in saying that you could you know just choose three planets they've made three trilogies that's what i'm saying yeah they, yeah, they have yeah. a land based on one of the trilogies so you have three different, completely different experiences because both of the attractions are set in this new trilogy, which is which is fine, but I'm sure there's a lot of um, old school Star Wars fans and also Star Wars fans that grew up in the late '90s that would like to see some uh, some attractions based on those other trilogies. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't. I mean, you know, Star Wars seems to have one of the most toxic fan bases. That I know of, yeah. and, and I, I'm into wrestling, so I know all about toxic fan bases. Hey, but, you want to be a Liverpool fan? You draw <laughs> nil. You draw nil nil with Everton when you're second in the league, and they've gone toxic. So everybody's toxic now, and it's because they can all hide behind social media. Yeah, take that. Take that content over to the Two Drives podcast. Um, but I blame Britney Spears. You know, her song "Toxic" calls all of this. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about the leave Ridley alone video. <laughs> no, but we could also. Um, but no, I mean, it, it would make perfect sense to me because there is a large part of the Star Wars fandom now which are, you know, saying, I mean, I don't think they necessarily have, but say like, you know, I'm done with this trilogy. This is not my Star Wars. And well, Ripples, Ripples isn't going to watch the new Star Wars. That's true. I mean, I think he will eventually. I know he will. But, but, right, okay, right, Harry Potter, the original Harry Potter land was set specifically during the Goblet of Fire. Mm. So to go onto the Jewel and Dragons or whatever it was called, you were walking through the tent yeah. um, and the Goblet was there and all this type of stuff. But the whole land 
was set. So it was all like banners were up saying Potter stinks and all this type of stuff. And very slowly, Universal have never announced that that time period, because they couldn't do Christmas, could they? Because it's set at the Goblet of Fire. So And you couldn't have Death Eaters either. You couldn't have Death Eaters. You couldn't have anything. You couldn't. They were very, very limited. And they've carefully deconstructed that whole story so now it's just it's just Harry Potter land now, basically. You know, this this how's this new ride going to fit in? Well, it, it doesn't. It's it just doesn't fit in at all. But it's going to be brilliant. And so maybe Star Wars has got to try and steer a, a little bit away from that. I don't know. Just a not. I mean, Avatar is set so many decades after the wars, isn't it? Mm. So yeah, future... it's after it's after all future films, I think. Yeah, so they've future-proofed themselves in that respect. I haven't got a problem with Avatar and or Avatar Land. I think it's it's an all right film and it's a and it's an amazing land for what it is. Um, they, they should never have bought it, but but they did, and what they've done is brilliant. So, yeah, the land's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you know the um, the canteen, the food in there—it's all just bullshit. But you know the uh, what's the the cheeseburger roll and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it's all lovely. Green beer. Who drinks green beer? I bet your Ryan's drank green beer. I've had several pints of green beer in a day. <laughs> Does it turn your green? Uh, your wee green? I don't know. I think by the time I went for a wee, I was so drunk on beer, Samano Kingdom, and Springs, I couldn't tell. So you've got to be careful with what you do with these new lands, haven't you? It, yeah. It's not just you're not just putting a ride in. When you put a land in, there's got to be a lot more thought gone into it, obviously. I, I think, trust them. I think Galaxy's Edge is going to be absolutely amazing. I have no doubt in my mind that that, that land, as soon as I walk in after queuing for five hours um, to get into the land, I've got no doubt it will blow me away. But... I think they have missed a trick by not including, by not throwing in different, different lands from from different points in the in the franchise. I think they've missed a trick. Yeah, and in fact, you know, we've got one film left of the original series of Star Wars films, and you know, then we're going to get, um, you know, this this new, you know, spin off Star Wars set of films from uh, Ryan Johnson. So. You know, where's that going to fit in? Because I, I read be... a funny rumor the other day that, that was going to be a retelling of the originals, but with the Muppets. <laughs> oh, I've still got my Muppet Star Wars toys from when they came out I about mean, ten years ago. Love. If he, if he does that, he's won back the fan base. Let's be honest. That is very true. That's very true. Um, is there any other news from the parks? Have we have you talked about the Epcot stuff? Well, I don't know. Well, I wasn't here. What Epcot stuff? The the front. I don't think we have actually. Did what, we not talk about that on the last episode? I don't know. I did listen to it, but I've slept since then. I yeah. don't know if we did. I can't remember. I don't think we did. It was two weeks ago. It only it was only announced last week. It was last week, yeah. Oh, then we yeah. didn't. Or was it the week before? It was the week before, I think. But it was the end of the week before, so I don't think we talked about it. Well, Craig wasn't here on the last episode anyway, so come on, Craig, your two pence on on this uh, this new development. 
it's irrelevant. It really doesn't bother me. Um, I I love them. I wish we'd have. I'm sure back in 2001 we we went and got photographs taken. Uh, I th- I'm sure you could go into the little booth and they'd, they'd take your photograph and give you the hard sell. I feel I'm fairly certain oh, that's how they did it. You mean the um... leave a legacy? Yes, a graveyard. Yeah. Um, well, it is a, a potentially a graveyard, isn't it? Because how many of them people yeah. are dead? Do you know what I mean? But I love all that. I love I loved it. But it, it's getting moved outside and it's getting all redeveloped. I'm I'm indifferent to it. It's irrelevant to me. It'll all be. Hopefully, it's not all roped off in the summer when when I do go. But what do you? What are your? What's your thoughts, Ryan? You're the big Epcot. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I think the the new entrance I think looks amazing. If, if Disney stick to the concept art for a change, I think it feels very classic Epcot, but also looking kind of what, what you'd expect, like a vision for for the, for the future to look like. It's nice and like plant based. I think there's some cool classic flags like flying around the edges. Uh, the fountain's got its statue back. I think it's some really cool stuff happening by the entrance. I wasn't so convinced by the new play pavilion um which just looks like let's cram as many disney characters into a pavilion without putting a ride in as we possibly can but i'm on so, board with the uh, i'm on board with the uh, the the new entrance so what i mean again i was up in the highlands when all this was announced i think what is this play pavilion they haven't revealed too much on it other than um a bit of concept art which kind of looks like um something from wreck it ralph which is very odd. It looks like you've got like um, Disney holographic characters in there. Uh, the concept art also has, I believe, a hotel in it, which I don't think will be an actual hotel because there's no way there's enough room in that space. Um, I think it has a, like had a cinema in the concept art as well, but it, it looks like it basically looks like a scene from Ralph Breaks the Internet um, with lots of different like Disney character things going on. It looks very futuristic. But without an attraction there, well, there's nothing they've confirmed, at least, anyway. It feels kind of pointless. Hmm. So is it not just a great big hall full of Disney characters? Like, they have uh, Hollywood Studios, maybe? And they, and they have it, I've got to a degree, with the four of them. Yeah, this is it. I don't know what it's, um, what's it, what it's going to look like. It kind of looks like um, the... Um, the experience that uh, Disney Quest. It kind of looks like Disney Quest. It's weird. Uh, it's it's in this weird little place at the moment, Epcot, where it doesn't know what it is. Is it clinging to its past, or is it just going to go full pelt and just become another park like everywhere else? And this is the thing as well. I don't think Disney necessarily know either. And I think that's the problem. They, they've kind of gone, okay, the new show is going to be character-based. But hold on, there's this new whole new entrance that's going to feel like classic Epcot. And I feel like they don't necessarily know where they're taking it, which is a little bit of a worry. I think they're trying to please two sets of fans, and it's going to be a bit messy. Personally, I've, I've never been into the old Epcot. I like Epcot, but it's always been a bit boring. Um, I'd be all for every pavilion getting a ride or experience that's character-based with a character meet and greet and character dining all the way around it. Wouldn't bother me. 
don't know if any of you guys heard the the rumor that that's been doing the rounds about the wonders of life pavilion. Go on. That go they forward. they looked at turning it into something Black Panther related. Oh and really? They looked at the deal, and Black Panther was on the deal with Universal. The rest of the cast wasn't, so his sister wasn't included, uh, and all the rest of the supporting cast. Um, but they actually went to their lawyers, and they went, "Don't touch it." Interesting. Because you will, you will get into trouble. Yeah. Because this this new play pavilion is going into Wonders of Life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just send a picture of the group chat, Craig, if you want to have a quick look. Okay. You can see it looks exactly like something from Wreck It Ralph. Great, great podcast content, by the way, to send to everyone on the record. Yeah, we'll stick it in. We'll stick it in the group. Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good to see new stuff. Like Craig said, Epcot does seem to be that kind of park that doesn't really have a clear identity at the moment, and. You know, it's it's a shame that it's it's kind of come to that. I just think whoever's running parks at the moment just doesn't. I don't know. If, I don't know if they get the concept of Epcot or if they're just too interested in making the shareholders happy. But it just doesn't feel like what Epcot was. It relies so heavily on its festivals. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it. It just isn't viable as a theme park half the time. Yeah, that's definitely it. But I mean, like when you go and you watch Tim Tracker, and at the moment he's going round Epcot, isn't he? And every so often he'll do one of the uh, one of the um, countries, and he'll do a deep dive, and he'll go into it. All these nooks and crannies. Who who here amongst us can say that when they're walking round Epcot, they too do a deep dive? Or do you just go into France, get yourself a champagne, get yourself a bit of dessert, and stand on the outer rim looking at the lagoon? I, I mean, I have, I have done that with some of the countries. Normally, the ones that I'm either really interested in or the ones that I've actually been to. So, I spent an awful lot of time around Norway, and I can conclude it's not really like Norway, and uh, I can conclude that uh, I don't know if the Japan Pavilion is realistic or not. And I can definitely confirm Morocco is nothing like the actual country. Um, A very, very different experience to the real Morocco. But yeah, I I suppose I think unless you're doing something there of an evening, unless you've scheduled enough time for you to do that, um, I don't know many people that, that do go around the country pavilions and really, you know, have a look at them in, in that kind of detail. Uh, I have to say I I do, but I'm in the minority. I know I'm in a minority. So I, I think you're right. It's, it's It doesn't happen. As soon as Frozen um, come into Norway, that was, Epcot was dead then. Mm. That, the, was, concept, the concept was, was gone. Yeah. Yes. The nail, it was the nail on the, on the coffin. And, and, and now they are, I mean, Ratatouille's coming in. And there's, there'll probably be a Mary Poppins ride coming into the UK at some point. You know, they're, they're going to continue to do it, and, and which is why Illuminations is now changing to a character-based show. Mm. Uh, the only the only way that they can remotely keep that base. Sorry, my dog's yawning. Oh. <laughs> the, only way, the only way you can remotely keep that 
even slightly Epcot based, is if Figment is the Jiminy Cricket of that show. Yeah, and I heard you mention that on Theme Park Trader, and I don't think it's a bad idea. Because the thing is, like, you know, you love Figment, and you talk about your love of Figment quite often. But for most of us on here, Figment is that annoying character in that awful ride. Which is what he's become, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like, so for me, like, if they if, if they announced tomorrow that they were closing Journey to Imagination and uh, Figment was leaving the park, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me at all. But for those to, you know, remember the original attraction and what that character was, it would be devastating. Has there ever been a Figment um, character meet and greet? Yes. Yeah, yes. back in the day. There was with the Dream Finder, wasn't it, where they used to carry yeah. him around? Yeah. Is, so Figment has never been a standalone character, is my point. Not as a meet and greet, no. He, no. He looked too much like a football mascot. <laughs> well, yeah. there, there is that. But why hasn't the Dream Finder um, got a character dining? Well, because the Dream Finder's not in the parks. Well, exactly. You know, this is the thing. Just embrace it that bit of the history, just honour that bit of the history and let the rest of it go. You can never... It's like bringing Jaws back into Universal or Ghostbusters or the Star Trek experience or Back to the Future. These things are never going to happen. They're gone. Epcot is gone now. Just honour it by bringing Figment in and and selling them and giving them... Where's where's, where's the, the cartoon? Where's the Figment cartoon? But this the thing is, right, so Figment is still plastered over, especially during festival season, on most of the merchandise at Epcot. Mm-hmm. So and people buy it, like it sells out. Um especially well, the limited edition Figment pins always sell out. So you think turn Figment into the Jiminy Cricket over the new World Showcase show, make Figment uh, a meet and greet, get kick out Ralph and um whatever her name is, from the Imagination Pavilion, and put Stop Figment in. Stop forgetting Vanellope's name, you heathen. <laughs> <laughs> but put Figment in there. I don't understand. Like, it's so easy. Well, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about it. We're not allowed to make those big, important decisions. But it, it makes absolute sense to put Figment in, give him a, a bigger and better role. I'm going to be really controversial. Which is unlike me, no. Um, I know this is unlike me, but I actually don't think I would be that bothered if they turned the pavilions, that side of the park, into character stuff, full stop. Because if you think there's enough Disney films there that they could pull it off. I mean, I can't think, I've said that and I can't now think of anything to do with Morocco. But... Um, they're putting Aladdin. We both know yeah. they're putting Aladdin. Oh yeah, I suppose. So I mean, you know, like Mexico, you got Coco. Um, you know, Germany, you could do Snow White. Um, UK, obviously, something like Mary Poppins. Um, Canada, I don't know, Ryan My Reynolds sucks. attraction. Brother oh, Bear, Brother Bear took place in Canada, I think. There you go. Um, you know, Japan, you could probably probably just about get away with Big Hero Six there. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be averse to that if that meant that they kept the other side of Epcot as it is now. Because that's, you know, that side of Epcot is still clean. That is still, you know, more kind of traditional Epcot. 
I'm, I'm still not even convinced the World Showcase is the problem. I'm not saying it is the problem, but I'm just saying, you know, they need to make a decision about which way it's going to go. Because at the moment, you've got all of those pavilions which are supposed to be, you know, in a way traditional or representative of the countries that they they have there. But then you've got, you know, Frozen. My problem is that they they are adapt- adapting the park so it's it doesn't... It feels like a, a mix between the original vision and shoving other things into it. And yet they're still selling merchandise with all of the classic Epcot um, design on it because they know how much... Disney fans want that stuff, so it just feels like all they're doing, all they're using the old Epcot stuff for right now is selling merchandise, which makes sense from a business perspective. But I just think they've got that there's no one at the top of of Disney Imagineering or the board that is saying this is the vision for Epcot, this is what it should be. It is just a complete mess of ideas that seem to be coming to fruition at the minute. Mm. What Disney are very good at at the moment is putting another layer of entertainment on and you more often than not have to pay for that entertainment do you not Mm. right epcot can be both them things because you've still got the classic buildings you've still got the classic merchandise and behind the classic buildings you can incorporate these state-of-the-art brand new rides i don't know how much money a film has to make but we could before it's considered for a ride but we can all sit here now and go through every pavilion pavilion i'm drinking whiskey uh, every pavilion and put a movie to that pavilion mm. we we can do it we just and did we just have yeah and it's not a problem yeah. it's the, the what they're doing is they're putting the overlaying um, a brand new theme park over an existing theme park yeah but they're having two theme and i haven't got a problem problem oh mr jeff mr bond there's a problem you have a problem with your plimity no um i'm i'm all for it it. i'm i'm all for it bring in more character dining if you're going to uh, meet coco in uh, mexico and go on his ride and everything like that go and then have your breakfast with coco it's it's beautiful and it's wonderful and all the, the Mexico pavilion is all still there, and it's all still intact. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, you know, you don't even need to put rides in everywhere, because I think that would be overkill. And obviously, they probably haven't got the space to, to put proper rides in. But, you know, look at Germany. You know, if they decided to do a character dining with, uh, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, I think that would work. I know they've got, you know, a bit of that dining going on at one of the hotels at the moment. But, you know, actually do you know, a proper German chateau and, you know, have that as, as the character meeting greets. People go for that. People love the dwarves. Even though all they're regular size. Or little people. No. Or right. Warwick Davis. I think that's the second mention of him tonight. It was the first one before we started recording. The first one before it was before we started, we started recording, recording yeah. yeah. What a shame. Well, you're, you're unlucky people. You only get one Warwick Davis reference tonight. Um, what, I said this was going to be a, a short possibly a short show um we've spent almost 50 minutes talking about the park so um at this time i'm gonna leave the parts where they are and we're gonna talk about the general disney news the Diz after dark general news is sponsored by hhnunofficial.com 
the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit hhnunofficial.com. So I wanted to kick off, it was originally going to lead on from what Ryan was talking about, because that's, I thought, where we was wrapping things up. And that's Star Wars, because I wanted to talk about this crazy rumour that's been going around that George Lucas has been involved in episode nine. Yeah, I think we got to get some more Ewoks in there. <laughs> it sounded like he just joined us on the podcast. Um, I mean, this has got to be nonsense, surely? I think it's, it's if if it's true, it's a attempt from Disney to try and win back the, the Star Wars fans that have suddenly decided that the... Sorry about that. Your... <laughs> Every time we talk about Star Wars, he doesn't like Star Wars, does he? No. Um, it's just trying to get those fans back, if it is true, which I don't think it is. And trying but... to get Mark Hamill back as well. Yeah. Oh, hang on, what? He's what? had a round again today. About what? About the new films. Did he finish that? Did he finish filming, haven't he? I, I've, I've, yeah. This has passed me by, and I normally follow... I, I think I follow him on Twitter. So what? what's... Uh... Old Halloween's name. He's just come out and said that the, the new trilogy has forgotten the past. And that it's just not what George Lucas ever envisioned. Wow, he doesn't wow, know wow, what George are. Lucas... He doesn't know what he envisioned. Well, no, that's, that's, not, that's not strictly true. Because, you know, when George Lucas was writing the first, you know, what we became, or what was known as episode four, you know, George Lucas had this master plan of this being a nine-film series. What George Lucas didn't do was get to film nine films or be involved in nine films because he took so long making episodes one, two, and three. Um, but I'm I'm absolutely sure that he would have had some kind of bible that he was writing, uh, you know, plotting out how these films were going to go. So I think that the, the Disney executive team, well, the Lucas um, the Lucas guys decided to completely scrap the material that he had left them. But to be fair, after Indiana Jones 4, can you really blame them? Well, and after episodes 1, 2, and 3. And I, look, I, I like those movies. Well, no, I, like look, them. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm very harsh Shock and critical. It, no, no, I'm very harsh and critical on those films. And there are things in all three of the films that I do actually quite like. I still think episode 2 is uh, a waste of time. I just oh, other than the complete... last forty minutes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, episode one is a waste of time. We don't need to see the a first... child Darth Vader walking around. The first, again, the first hour of that is is probably complete nonsense. I mean, no one really care, cares about trade embargoes and stuff and treaties. But you know, there are elements in those films which are which are quite good. But regardless of that, as Ryan said, you know, when he sold Lucasfilm. You know, he had plans to make seven, eight, and nine, and they completely disregarded those. It was quite public at the time that it happened because he was quite hurt that they were not going to go through with his. You vision. know what, right? That's on him then, because he didn't have to sell it. And one of the stipulations he could have put into the contract of selling it is you have to go forward with not all, but some of my stories for them three films. Or you keep me on board, as, you know, you keep me on, on the team for those well, Yeah, but the thing is, like, but then he decides to get rid of perhaps one of the best events at Hollywood Studios, in my opinion, which was Star Wars Weekends. Mm. Yeah. 
always very popular as well. But I, I just think it, it's just a weird thing. Like these films have now wrapped up. Like I think they finished filming a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they released a video, didn't they, of the cast and that. Um, so unless George Lucas has been in the background the whole time, much like Emperor Palpatine, um, I can't see how he could possibly get involved in the finished film because it's done. They're not going to bring everyone back for like two months worth of reshoots. The film comes out in December. Has Han Solo been in any of the, this last film? Uh, not, not that we are aware of. Okay, they've not Cause... publicly said anything, but people are um, expecting him to be in them in some capacity. How? Hologram. Time uh, travel. He might have left um, a VHS tape. You know, you know. If you're watching this, I'm dead. You know that R2 D two shits out a hologram of him. Maybe they they resurrect him. You know, maybe they take some um, amber. You know, maybe, maybe he was trapped in some amber. <laughs> they extract the DNA, and you know, we've seen how this plays out. Um, Chewy, I'm leaving you the chessboard. <laughs> there, there could maybe be a number of things. Captain uh, Marvel just appears. Who knows? Yeah, Thanos, you know, I mean, what's the opposite of him clicking his fingers, clapping his hands? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Part of his butt cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah. Shit I mean, like that burns my head out because how does Thanos wipe his bum? Well, with his other <laughs> hand. He's only got a glove on one hand. <laughs> I know, yeah, but you just can't imagine Thanos saying, I'm conquering the universe. Could you just give me a minute? Why do you think he was sitting on a throne in Guardians of the Galaxy? He could have one of those um, Japanese toilets that I really want, the ones that spray the water up your bum. Um, anyway, enough about enough about how Thanos cleans his ass. Um, back to Star Wars. I mean, I, I'm still looking. I know I, I liked the Last Jedi unashamedly. I've you know I've got very few issues with that. I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, that bit of the casino goes on far too long. And the first time I watched it, I wasn't convinced. But the second time and the third time, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, and so I don't get all the hate, but yeah, it's 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 obviously not what he expected, and it's obviously not what Hamill uh, expected. But to be honest, like if you're going to take the Disney money, that's on you. Like no one physically made you get back on the set and play dress up as Luke yes, Skywalker. Yes, yes, I agree, one hundred percent. I think it's awful when people do that. I think he's extremely disrespectful. I love Mark Hamill, right? I don't love him, right? But I love, I love Luke. No, Luke Skywalker's a whiny little bitch in all the films, right? Even it's in a Skywalker the... trait, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a whiny all the way through the whole set of films, whiny little bitch. And even now, when he's took, as you say, he's took the money, he's read the script. He could have said, "I don't agree with this." You haven't honoured George Lucas and his original stories. I'm going, I'm gone. Stop crying about it, because you'll be there for all the press junkets. You'll be, what's that Irish comedian fellow who does the chat show? Um, Julian, no, Dale Winton, no, the other fella. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact Craig's just like, right, what stereotypical gay people can I reference here? Julian Clary, Uh, Dale Winton, oh, Graham Norton, that's the one. Right, yeah. He'll be on Graham Norton, and he'll be high-fiving, and all that palaver. But if you didn't like it, don't take the money. Don't make the films. Speak up. Yeah, do you know I, I, mean? I, I, I don't. I don't like when people do that. And the thing is, as well, 
I mean, even if they didn't, I'm sure they must have discussed with him what they were going to do with the character. So I don't buy that he just said, yep, I'll, I'll take it for the paycheck. And look, you know, Mark Hamill hasn't had a very successful career in having like big leading roles and everything like that, but he seems to have quite a comfortable life. So he I doesn't don't need the paycheck. No. That's what I mean. I don't think he does. So therefore he must've done it because he wanted to do it. So do, I, I don't how, like it. how, how are these films conceived? Where these three films... Well, when a mummy and a daddy love each other very much. <laughs> he sticks his lightsaber into his black hole. Um, where these films Sarlacc written pit. on... Basically written on the spot. <laughs> or did they have the, the three the three movie story arc? Fully? Well, this is, the, this is my biggest problem with this mm. trilogy, is that J.J. Uh, Abrams just did, a fan, I think, a fantastic job with Force Awakens. And then... As much as I like, like The Last Jedi, it did seem to just completely ignore everything that had happened before it. And I have a feeling that this one's going to ignore everything that happened before that. And we're just going to have three very different films that don't tell a cohesive story. J.J. Abrahams had a story for, for all three, didn't they? But they scrapped it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I personally think, with, with this whole uh, set of films... I mean, I like The Force Awakens, but when you go back and watch it, it's very obviously a greatest hits of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, when I, I remember coming out, you know, opening day of The Force Awakens and almost in tears because I said, they've made a Star Wars film that is like a Star Wars film again. Like, it hit all the right notes. And it's only when I kind of watched it back two or three times that I thought the reason why it, I had that emotion is because that's exactly what they've done. They've just taken like some of the best bits from Star Wars films and put them into one film just with different characters doing it. But and it's still we, a good film, but it, you know, it's not the, it's not as good as it, it might first appear. I think it's a, it's a great setup for what could have been a, a great trilogy. Um, and I think it still can be, but I think that middle film, as much as I like it, does feel a bit odd when you follow it on from Force Awakens. But then we you can have, say the same about Attack of the... Sorry, Craig, but you no, can no, say... No, no, Go on, carry on. <laughs> I was going to say, you could say the exact same thing about Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Like, that didn't really follow on... You know, the jump from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones is drastically different and is not a bigger jump as you get from Attack of the Clones to uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Right, we haven't got... This is my point. We haven't got the hindsight of... I was 10 and when Star Wars come out, I was four. Uh, when you know, Empire Strikes Back, I was maybe seven. Uh, Return of the Jedi, 83, I was 10. We haven't got the... Ha- what were all the press junkets like then? Was, you know, all three of them films are all completely different. They all sort of contradict each other. They're all, they all still link up now because we're told... Do you link up with the hindsight of history and everything like that? No, These, I don't agree. I think they, I I think do. they link up I really well. Yeah, but because how old were you when the first one came out? You weren't born. Mm-hmm. How old were you when the second one came out? You weren't born. How old were you when the third one came out? Right, I, I get what you're saying, but my the spanner that I'll throw in your works there is that when I first watched the Star Wars trilogy, as it was then, in like the mid to late 80s, when they finally all came out on video, when I watched those films, 
I wasn't going on the internet to find out what other people thought about it. I watched those films independently. Like the only, I watched them, I think I watched them with my dad. I think I watched all three of those films when they came out with my dad. And I might have asked him questions or whatnot about what I just watched. But I didn't have what you get nowadays, which is everybody's opinion on what's of good course, and what's bad. Of course, yeah. So but I didn't you have the, that. The, the three films were out. You got the, the box set, obviously. Your dad went to HMV or whatever and got the box set of videos. And you sat in the house and watched, the com- at the time, the completed story. I wish, well, that was the, I wish that was true, Craig. Unfortunately, they, I think they took about a year or two in between releasing them. Well, you know what I mean? They were already out there. But now we're living history, and these films are coming out in real time in our lives, and we get to comment on them and review them and moan about them. I haven't seen, right, a bad Star Wars movie. And that's genuine that they've all got faults, but they all they all tell the story, they all move the story on. The 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 two that have come out, the new ones, well, the four new ones that have come out have all been absolutely fantastic in in my opinion. Even so I love that I'm going into that universe, that I'm going into that story arc, that I'm going back into that. It, it it's just brilliant. It's going to be sad when this last film comes out. And it's sad on the Disney Corporation that they're too weak to go and do that. Freaking Ewan McGregor is jumping up and down in the background going, remember me? Oh, yeah, why would I want to do it? Oh, come on now, let's do it. I want to see the, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie where Luke Skywalker is in the distance and Obi-Wan is having all these amazing adventures just round the next mountain. And the I problem is, see- is that Ewan McGregor is... is- coming up probably to the age of Alec Guinness was when he first did Star Wars. I like, think it'd be amazing, but the two weak. The Boba Fett movie, right? Dog shit. We don't need to see that. Who gives a fuck? It's a knobhead in a tin hat just flying around, firing rockets out of his arm. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? He's in I, the films. I, I completely agree with you, Craig. I don't know why the fan base had such a hard-on for someone that was in the films for 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And whose story we already know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we know don't about... need to know anymore. He's a fucking clone. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, right, and I'm using Harry Potter again, that Escape from Gringotts ride is so amazing because that is... You're watching a film or the stuff that happens in the film's through the other, through the through the veil, through the the flip side, you, you're on the side of the movie, if you know what I mean. Mm. And to to see an Obi Wan Kenobi film set when Luke Skywalker is potty training and all that type of shit would be absolutely amazing. To be, be fair, though, I would take a Boba Fett movie it, as a sequel to the Solo movie that had Boba Fett solo and Darth Maul all in that movie, and potentially Obi-Wan as well. They could all be in the same film. Obviously, Obi and um, Han wouldn't necessarily have to meet, but they could all be in that one movie as a brilliant sequel to the to the solo film. Yeah, and I'd be on board with that. You could just have him in the film, Boba Fett in the film for 90 seconds like he was in all the others. It would work. It'd be amazing. You miss Lando Carizian. But, <laughs> I mean, that's... But then, that not that the theme of Galaxy's Edge, is... 
is, you know, what you're saying there about Escape to Gringotts, that's really what they're trying to do with the attractions in Galaxy's Edge. Yep. And yeah. also what they did with the Void VR. That put you in the film. I know you haven't done that, Craig, but that, no, that experience, I, yeah. it was Rogue One, but you, you know, you weren't put in bits from the film that you saw, but you was put into the storyline of the film. You was part of like that mission that was going on around Rogue One. So, you know, that that's exactly what I'm, I'm hoping we get from, from Galaxy's Edge. But I just thought like it just sounded so crazy to me that, uh, you know, George Lucas is being bad about. As I said, if it's a case that he has secretly written this film or he's been, you know, on the set with J.J. Abrams or he's been going to production meetings with them all and, and he's had this input, okay, fair enough, that's that's one thing. But it just seems so left field. And if he really was involved, why have they not announced anything? Why have they kept it so quiet? Because had they announced that was happening during the making of episode nine, like the fan base would have been going wild. Now, Dad, if, they, if he has been involved, they will save it for the day before the tickets go on sale because then old Star Wars fans would be like, oh, Lucas, yes. Or the trailer yeah, but- drop, yeah. Yeah, but the other the other flip side of it, the same Star Wars fans are like, "Oh, Lucas, no!" Because yeah. of the first three <laughs> yeah. trilogies. So Lucas, God love him, can't win. No, he can't. Which is why, partly, why he gave it up. Yeah. yeah, and Lucas, right? I will be amazed if he hasn't been a consultant in every single um, film that they've made so far. All four he, films. He hasn't. He he definitely definitely hasn't. I think that's probably the most you've ever said the word Lucas and not referred to yourself. Boom! Suck my... Whatever. So, um, another film that I wanted to talk about is Captain Marvel, which um, we are just over a week away from it being released. Saturday I'm going. I'm going on Sunday. I haven't booked my ticket yet, but I might go and see it opening day if I can get an IMAX ticket, uh, which I probably can, to be fair, where I am. Um but um, the the first kind of reactions have come in, and they've been extremely positive. Good. I mean, ignore what you see on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, there's a that I think they've shut that thing down now. But uh, there were lots of people um, filling it with um, with bad reviews because yeah, of yeah. Uh, Shazam coming out in a, in a few weeks. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, that whole that whole thing just just again toxic fan bases. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's had a bit, I, I would say it's had a bit of controversy itself recently. Brie Larson has said some things that have definitely upset various groups of people, myself included. <sighs> um, although not, not all the same things, but you know, it has tarnished it a little bit. I hope the, the film lives up to the expectation and I hope it does really well. What she said to upset you. It's it's not what she said necessarily that's upset me. I mean, she has said some some things that have upset some you know male uh, Americans sitting in their basements. Um, but the thing that the thing that got me was that she started um, promoting these campaigns that were um, raising money to uh, take yeah. underprivileged children to see Captain Marvel. Now, I'm not. I, I don't have an issue with what they're trying to do, I think that's quite commendable. What I do take an issue with is why instead of like trying to get her fan base to uh, give money to these various charities to 
you know, organise these events, which don't actually cost all that much money when you look at how much they're trying to raise. Why, as good PR, they aren't doing that themselves. Well, even Hertz, right? She has a lot of money. She yeah. could have gone, yeah, I'll just pay for all of these. Don't worry about it. It's like, I think like one of the campaigns she promoted was like trying to raise $10,000. Yeah. Might have been even that's, less than that. That's like 0.2% of yeah. the paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, but they pay masters in the right cinema tickets are just an, an empty they're not given anything to give it's like um free train tickets on um, on trains that have got empty seats on them anyway do you know what i mean no well i can give you a free train ticket to go and sit on a train that has got a free uh, an empty seat on it because nobody's bought seats mm. you know cinemas have got empty seats all over the place the the Right, so they've got a, a multiplex with 10 screens on it. They just have nine screens with Captain Marvel on, and then all the poor people who she's raising the funds for to go and watch it go in the... It's irrelevant. It, it's, it's empty. No, no, no. It's... I, think, I, th- I think you're missing the point. We're not, I'm not... talking about... Yeah, so what my, our point that we're saying is that we don't understand why, instead of trying to get the fan base to raise this money that these people are trying to get, why are you know why is Brie Larson or Marvel or Disney as good oh, PR yeah. not actually going? This is a really good cause. We're actually going yeah. to treat you to this. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you're right. You, you book into a Hilton, right, or any hotel, and you can take a box to donate a pound, can't you, to poor people or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why can't you do that with cinema tickets? It, it doesn't have to be a pound. It can be five pence. And under people who are really suffering, who genuinely don't haven't got the money to go to the films, could be invited. They could go into schools and say, right, all these kids, you come see Captain Marvel today because of the Odeon Fund or this uh, whoever else showcase fund. But this is so. This is the difference in in promotional campaigns. So Brie Larson is trying to get her Twitter followers to give money to this charity to buy tickets to go and see her film. When uh, Elisa Battle Angel came out, Fox actually paid for a child to get a bionic arm. Oh, yeah, but that's a bit... That's the last it... thing Fox will do before Disney shut any activity like that down. <laughs> that's right. The, when Elisa Battle Angel 2 happens, they'll just be asking their fan base to pay for it instead. Um, yeah. I just think it's it's bad PR and it's a little bit... It's a bit like the whole Bono thing of, I'm a multi-millionaire... But I want you, who works yeah, seventy hours sting, a week, yeah. to go and uh, give money to some starving children in Africa. Well, how about Bono? Sell one of your pads, and you can give them like twenty million quid instead. Yeah, but that's, that's what it screams of. That's comic relief. Kerry walked in the other day with three fucking noses, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" They're all multi-millionaires, all saying, "We want your fucking money." No, you give the money. I mean, this planet, right, something like 50% of the world's money is owned by something stupid like 26 people. Something ridiculous like that. Them think, I've just made them up, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and that's, in a, in a roundabout way, that's kind of what we're saying. It's like, Brie Larson's not one of those 26 people, or however many it is, but... Well, she's been mugged off, and she's made a... She's... She's got good intentions, but she's made a little bit of a show out of herself. 
yeah, that's that's it. So, I mean, I hope and I'm sure the film will bypass that and will be very successful and will lead us nicely into, you know, Endgame, which is really what we we really care about. Let's be honest. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel and I'm looking forward to understanding about the character and what they do in the in the nineties and everything like that. But frankly, just give me Endgame. That's all I really care about right now. Just just give me Endgame. Um, one what do, can I wait? What does my head in about Captain Marvel is that she's a woman? Uh, moving on, right? So no, um, no, no, and that is the thing. Why? So because that's what you know. This is what the pushing now. Captain Marvel, she's a woman for your girls. Blah blah blah. Girl power. All this. It, it's like right, hang, hang on, uh, hang on. Right. So just, I've got to. I've really got to stop you there because. They didn't just create Captain Marvel two years ago. No, I know that. Right. But the pillocks who are promoting it are pushing it as that. It's like Black Panther, without saying why Black Panther right. was so popular. Okay. I... Do you okay. know what I mean? I, I, it, the I, marketing for it is... I I do agree to one extent. I do think the marketing has been a bit ham-fisted. But at the same time, what it is doing... Even if, and we're white men, so you know we you can't don't jump. see. Well, speak for yourself. I can click my or heels dance. in the air. Uh, that's that is true. Um, but we're probably not best people to talk about this. But when you hear, and I have heard, um, you know, young girls talking about wanting to see this film. That oh. is what it's all about. The fact that the you know we might think the marketing's a bit ham-fisted or you know it's not the right way of doing things is one thing, but the fact is is it is getting girls interested in seeing a superhero film, and just I, like Black Panther, it comes down my to girls representation. I've seen all the superhero films, whether the whether the superheroes are green, blue, black, female, yellow, uh, three-legged. Fairy, uh, wood based. They've seen all the superhero films. To to you know, it, it, the next big thing will be oh, there's a lesbian kissing one of them or something. Do you know what I mean? You're missing me point, or you're not missing me point. I don't know. I don't know what my point is. Yeah, that, I think that's more right. Um, what I wanted to finish this. Open, no, you so know what my point is. I, I I do I do to an extent, but I I still think. When you all, see, when all you the can... women who burned the bras, right? All the oh, women Jesus who went on, Christ. all the women who went under horses or hundred years Craig, ago. Do me a favour. I've now got their head in their hands, going, "What the fuck are you doing?" I just just don't mention John Lasseter. So the last thing I wanted to talk about this week was uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Now, who here has seen Ralph breaks the internet? No, I haven't seen it yet. Sort of. No. Okay. That's interesting. The reason why is because I did see it and I wasn't as impressed as I hoped I would be with it. But um, it's now uh, out. It's just broken two hundred million dollars domestically, um, which is so that means it's beaten the previous one hundred eighty-nine million the first Wreck-It Ralph made, and it's uh, at the moment globally topping five hundred twenty million. And the first Wreck-It Ralph finished with 471. And I thought it was quite interesting because I did not think that 
Ralph Breaks the Internet was anywhere near as successful as the first one. It, it, it definitely had a much slower burn than the first one. Like, I was watching the tracking of it, and, you know, in the first 10 days, it was quite a bit behind the first Wreck-It Ralph, and I thought, hmm, they're going to write this off as a bit of a uh, a misstep. But now it's actually outperformed it. But isn't, hasn't that happened with another um, a sequel cartoon recently where it smashed all the... Yeah, Incredibles 2 did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that but the thing is Incredibles 2 smashed it and smashed it very very quickly. Ralph has kind of just sneaked this. Like for some reason like Incredibles 2 um is now the biggest animated film in American history. Did he did he work into all the there's so many different ways now to watch a film? No, this With... is this is purely just box office. This isn't it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, box office gross. I'm talking. Yeah, but uh, Avatar 3D is the biggest film because people paid all the money to watch it in 3D. Uh, they don't, they don't tend to break it down like that because the second biggest film of all time is The Force Awakens, which is also released in 3D. So, yeah, yeah. but that's why it's inflated. That's why the. the... I when don't Gone know the, when Gone with the Wind come out. There wasn't 3D. There wasn't IMAX. There wasn't 4D or whatever. Where it blew there also windy. there also wasn't new films coming out every week or month. So it played for an awful long. I, I know what you're saying. You're right. Um, but I don't know. It, it didn't say if that figure was adjusted for inflation because sometimes they do. But regardless, even if it's adjusted for inflation, the first Wreck-It Ralph only came out about five years ago. So it won't have adjusted that much to make that much of an impact. It still has been more successful than the first Wreck-It Ralph. And I just thought that was quite interesting because I I know a lot, I don't know many people that have seen it. So that's what I found even more surprising about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Stranger. Right. So before we wrap up the show, um, I do like to ask people, um, if anything's made them mad recently. Now, Ryan, I know that you've you've obviously got something. So I'm going to go and ask everyone else first if if they've got anything that they feel they need to get off their chest. So P-Dubs, is, you know, are you quite cool and calm? You've had some chamomile teas. I imagine you're quite mellow right now. So Yeah. No, I'm about ready to pass out, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Been having Craig's whiskey while you're at it. Um, Craig, I mean, I, I mean... Stuff annoys you all the time, but is there anything this week in particular that you wanted to bring up? No, nothing makes me angry. Do you know what I mean? I, I just no. I've had half a bottle of whiskey, so I don't care. <laughs> um, right. In that case, Ryan, before I I let you have the spotlight, um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that something that's made me angry this week is uh, the exclusive event merchandise that you get in parks namely disneyland paris 
So to give a bit of context, back in December, I went to Mickey's 90th birthday party. Um, I mean, it wasn't his 90th birthday party. That date had already been and gone. But they had a special event for pass holders to uh, go to Mickey's 90th birthday and put on a special night and they made all this exclusive merchandise. And that's how it was promoted as this merchandise was for the event. Now, what generally happens when you have these events and, you know, we see it with other events in other parks uh, around the world is they'll have merchandise, you know, T-shirts and mugs and badges and whatever. Um, And if they don't sell out on the night, they will then sell them in the parks. And I've got no problem with that at all because at the end of the day, they've got to shift the merchandise. I get it. What does annoy me is when that same exclusive park merchandise shows up on the Disney Store website in the UK. I don't under like are they making too much of this stuff? I, I I just can't fathom it. And what makes it even worse in some ways is that bearing in mind this event happened back in December and we're now in March, is it's still full price. <laughs> so not only was this merchandise created for a one night only event in Paris, and you can now buy it in the UK, but they're still charging you the same price as they were back in December. I can't understand the logic. Do you, they have got history of this, though, haven't they? Didn't they do it with, like, stationery and stuff that was Disneyland exclusive? They had some stuff. We never got really to the bottom of it, but there was some stuff that um, Mr. Ripley got on an exclusive tour. Yeah, so I think it might have been around, it. like, the, 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 the Disneyland... Not Disneyland tour, but, like, the tour of the Disney Studios at Burbank. And he bought some stuff in their gift shop, which they started selling in Disney Store in the UK. But we never got to the bottom of it of if it was exactly the same stuff or it was just it had the same kind of branding. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There is a little bit of of history with this kind of behaviour. I just to me it just makes a bit of a mockery because I remember on that night people were going mad in shops trying to buy this one night only merchandise only to go back in the parts the next day and see the shelves fully stocked with this merchandise <laughs> again. And bear in mind, like we, I was watching stuff get sold out that night. So I thought, Oh, okay. You know, they're doing really well. Um, but yeah, just to see it being sold on a Disney store website, just, just beggars belief. And if you're not going to the event, why would you necessarily want something that was branded for it? People have always been like that though, haven't they? Yeah, I get it. I get it if someone else went. Like, if you couldn't go, but, like, you know, your friend went or something, I get it. But I don't understand it if, like, no one went and you can just wait for it to come on Shop Disney. Just... (sighs) Woosa. Okay. Um, I just wanted to get it off my chest. I just... Yeah. I just couldn't understand it. Um, Ryan, what's upset you, my friend? Yeah, mine is mine's quite a quick one. Um That's this what she said. So, week so this week, um Disney have added two new hotels to Walt Disney World in in Florida. They've added the the Waldorf Astoria and um I think the Hilton. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, right. the, sorry, yeah, the Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek. And the thing that annoys me about this is that they are now included in Disney's extra magic hours. Um Ooh. So they're not getting the 60-day fast pass. They're still on 30 days. 
But Extra Magic Hours is is always is getting busier and busier and busier. Disney are still building hotels and add-ons to DVC right now. Now they're adding two new part uh, two new hotels into the mix that aren't officially owned by Disney and are now getting the benefits of those hotels, which people pay a lot of money for. And soon you're going to get to a point where Extra Magic Hours are, are totally pointless. That that's the fear, isn't it? <sighs> Did, right, they do extra magic hours just on one park each day, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So they could double it. They could do, but they won't. Or, or they could make it all four parks. I, I mean, I think you're right, Ryan. I think they need to do. You know, if they're going to just keep adding it to hotels, and you mentioned, you know, new DVC coming, everything like that. Soon, it will just become. Extra Magic Hours is just two hours early entry with the same queue times as if you went into the park at 10 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's my point. Mm. Spread the people out. Oh, yeah. No, you're spot on, Greg. I think they either need to extend to all the parks or, as you say, maybe have, you know, Disney, Disney-owned hotels have, you know, one park one day. And these partner hotels have a, another park, you know, on the same day and they can switch it around. They need to do something, but, you know, I, th- I think Ryan's got a good fear there that it's going to get to a saturation point and it's going to end up completely pointless. It's a little bit like what you were talking about, Craig, on the um, Halloween Horror Nights Adventure podcast. When you were talking about stay and scream. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean... When they have extra magic hours in the morning, do they do it in the evening at a different park, or is that it for the day? I think there's sometimes it's just one uh, ones. Sometimes they have one in the morning and then a different park in the evening. I think it depends on the day. Uh, because that would be another option, or dare I say, open a fit, a fit park. I mean, you've got to think at some point Disney will be doing that at some point. Because I think can't... they want to get past the 50th anniversary. Mm. Yeah. And I think that'll be when it kicks in. They need they need as much space in that place as possible for the 50th. But once that's gone, I you, think you, the world will begin. You can't keep putting hotels upon hotels, DVC extensions, left, right and centre. And not because it is... Whenever you watch Tim Tracker or any of these videos now, there is no downtime, is there? No. The parks are rammed. So something's got to give somewhere. To be honest, Craig, what you just described sounds just like a massive game of Monopoly. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. I'll be the thimble. <laughs> um, right, if there's nothing else that anyone wanted to bring up... Um... What was Disneyland Paris like, Paul? Very nice for, for the amount of time I was there, 24 hours. Um, got some stuff done. It was busy. It always is on a weekend, 80 minutes for Ratatouille. Wow. Um, some of the other ones were slightly smaller, but, um, yeah, the major rides were all all really busy. Uh, Big Thunder was down again. Um what Pain did you manage house. to get on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Craig, 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 Craig. What? If you want to hear what P-Dub's got on, you're going to have to wait for Discover DLP to drop. Uh... We've got to get, we, look, we've got to get people to listen to these other podcasts some, you know, some way, somehow. 
okay. Go and listen to Desperately DLP. Discover DLP. Desperately. I did have one story to bring up. Go Go on. on. Uh, It's been announced today that Bob Iger has taken a pay cut. I I forgot about that. Yeah. He's only just had a pay rise. Yep. With the Fox still going through, his wages from now on will be $13.5 million less. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were going to say thirteen and a half million dollars. <laughs> no, it's just less. Oh, okay, it's all right. He's uh, he's gone to swim in his uh, Scrooge McDuck money bank, so he'll be, <laughs> yeah. he's just crying in yeah. there at the moment, having a swim. Yeah, he's losing half a million dollars off of his basic wage. <laughs> he's now down to three million dollars for his basic wage, and they're reducing his bonus structure. All the while, Disney employees are still sleeping in their cars because they can't afford to pay their rent. Yep. And on that bombshell, on that depressing note, we'll wrap this episode up. But um, thank you, dear listener, for downloading and listening. Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Um, especially if you do like it. If you don't like it, don't don't make it public. And um, join us over on our Facebook page. Um, join have a look at the network and all the other shows that we've got. We've got loads in the show notes and we will see you for another disaster dark in a couple of weeks. Cue the music. That's the wrong podcast, Craig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lads, just to let you know, we're teaming up with the after dark podcast network. What's that then? No, it's just a bunch of good people with some decent podcasts. They look out for each other. They've got that this after dark one. Everybody's got one. Pop after dark. The customer is always weird. You know, they scratch our backs, we scratch theirs. So how much are they paying us then? Well, nothing. Oh, for fuck's sake. You are listening to the Half and Half Scarves podcast. This is what happens when a bunch of mates get together to talk about football and the clubs they support. A shambolic mash of stats unqualified opinions and chat about the game we love in short it's some miserable sods who hate half and half scarves and your half time skinny lattes listener discretion is advised why because we like you kick it can't get enough can't get enough he's the one two Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here, you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network.
on behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.